Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome back to the Just Grow Something podcast. If your garden went really well last season, which of course I hope it did, then you might be thinking of expanding your space this season. Even if you didn't have a fantastic yield last year, you may still be thinking of increasing your gardening area because maybe you've seen food prices going up in the grocery store. I am the first one to support relying more on yourself for your food needs. So let's talk a little bit today about the things that you should take into consideration when deciding to expand your garden. And spoiler alert, bigger isn't always better. Let's dig in. Hey, I'm Karen. I started gardening years ago in a small corner of my suburban backyard, then moved to a five-acre lot outside city limits and expanded that garden to half an acre. What started as a way to provide for my family turned into a love for digging in the dirt and providing for others. Slowly, my husband and I built our small homestead into a 40-acre market farm through lots of trial and error and successes and failures. Eventually, I went back to school to get my degree in horticulture, and along the way, I discovered there is power in food. So I want to share everything I've learned with as many people as possible. This podcast is all about helping you become a better gardener and a better eater. Whether you're a seasoned gardener or have never grown a thing in your life, I want to give you the knowledge you need to get the biggest and best harvest you can. So settle in, grab that garden journal, and get ready to just grow something. So let's start this episode with a little bit of housekeeping. The Just Grow Something family just keeps on expanding, and I hope you are all enjoying what you're hearing and getting a lot of good information. I want to welcome our newest listeners in Turks and Caicos. Let's keep the party going, shall we, by getting some more folks in here with us? Please download and subscribe or follow this podcast in your podcast player when you're listening and give it a five-star rating if you could, which you can now do from within Spotify too, not just Apple Podcasts. The download and follow numbers help get this show up in the rankings and recommended to more people, and if they see that five-star rating, then they're more likely to give it a listen. You can also share this episode with your fellow gardening friends so they can tune in too. Tag me at Just Grow Something Podcast if you do. I also want to invite you to let me know what you want to hear about. I've already received a request for more information about growing fruit trees, specifically starting them from seed, and I'm seeking out an expert to interview on that topic right now. So if there's something I haven't covered, some crop I've not gotten into, or maybe a topic I've covered briefly that you'd like to hear more about, shoot me an email or send me a message on Instagram or Facebook or leave me a voice message from the link in the show notes and I will absolutely tackle it. This show is all about you and what you need, so let me know, okay? Okay. So let's talk about expanding your garden. The first thing that we always want to look at is why. Why do you want or need a bigger space? Is it because you want to be more food independent Do you want to preserve more of your harvest for use during the winter months? 
Is it because you want more heirloom varieties that you can't really find on store shelves or at your farmer's market? Or is it just because you did really well last year, so the next thing logically is to do more? I mean, look, okay, no shame in that game, because that is totally me. Like, oh, I did this thing really, really well, whatever it is, and so my brain immediately moves on to the next challenge. This is coming from the person who just ran her first marathon last weekend because it seemed like the next logical step in her running journey. So, no, no judgment here if that's the reason why you want to expand your garden. No matter what the reason, you need to get settled with your why first before you take any next steps, and there's good reason for this. According to psychologists, human beings are hardwired to define the meaning of our lives by understanding the reason behind why things go the way they do in our day-to-day lives. We need a purpose. We are most motivated by knowing why something happens and why we're doing things. And with this awareness, our why becomes our purpose. Our brains are more accepting of a change, whether it's a change in our routine or a change in our gardening space, if we understand the reason behind it. This understanding also makes it easier to incorporate new actions into our routine if we can remind ourselves of that purpose, especially if those activities aren't always so enjoyable. So dig deep and get comfortable with your why before you take any other action on expanding your garden. Now. The next thing to consider is if it's necessary to actually expand the garden physically to accomplish your goal, or if another approach might be better suited. For instance, if you're trying to get more yield out of your garden, take a look at your existing space and last year's crop plan. Before you add more beds or containers, check to be sure you're not missing out on some interplanting or succession planting that may accomplish the same thing. It's much more ecologically responsible to take as much advantage of your existing space as you can before going bigger, because bigger naturally means using more resources. So can you tuck more fast-growing plants in and amongst the slower-growing ones? Maybe leafy greens, radishes, or green onions that can be harvested before a slower-maturing plant, like tomatoes or peppers, crowds out the space. Could you plant your spinach at the base of your sweet peas? And then after you pull the pea plants, maybe use the same trellis for some late pickling cucumbers. These are just a couple examples of the different ways that you can interplant your crops to take advantage of space and nutrients. Not only does this utilize the same space more efficiently, but having the fast-growing crop in place around the slower-growing one will help them outcompete weeds for the same space. What about succession plantings? Do you really need to add another bed in order to get the amount of green beans that you want for fresh eating and to preserve for the winter? Or could you use two existing beds in a more efficient manner? Two beds will give you enough space for two successive plantings in the spring and another two in the fall. Or You could plant one bed into pole beans that will give you small dinner-sized harvests all season long, and then use that other bed specifically for just one planting of bush beans for preserving. This would free up that second bed for a spring or fall planting of something else. There are a lot of ways to get more out of the same space just by using interplanting and succession planting together. If your main goal is to harvest more, Look at the way you're managing your current garden before you jump to the conclusion that you need more plants and therefore more space. 
We've made that mistake on the farm more than once, specifically when it came to tomatoes. As I've mentioned before, there is a huge demand for fresh-from-the-garden tomatoes here in the summertime. Tomatoes are one of our biggest sellers. So when looking to increase the volume of tomatoes we were producing to meet that demand, we naturally added additional plants. We went from 125 plants one year to 250 the next, increasing our plantings each year until one year we had 1,500 tomato plants. And if that sounds insane, it absolutely was. Somewhere along the way, our yield stopped increasing. And then it started decreasing. Because it wasn't simply a matter of growing more plants to harvest more tomatoes. Those plants all need time and attention in order to produce their best. And once you hit the spot where the number of plants outnumbers the number of hours in the day that you have to maintain them, your yield begins to suffer. Now, I know this is an extreme example, and no home gardener in their right mind is going to grow 1,500 tomato plants. But to drive home my point, we're growing 700 tomato plants this year. That's less than half of our biggest planting year. And those 700 plants will yield us the same amount of tomatoes as the 1,200 to 1,500 we've grown before. Because we have more time to tend to the 700 plants, to stake them properly, be sure they're weed-free, feed them and prune them when necessary, making for much healthier, happier, and more productive plants. We can't possibly give the same amount of attention to double that number of plants, so the plants suffer and their yield decreases. Not to mention, the instance of disease goes up and the insect pressure goes up because we're not catching the signs and the symptoms as early. And we're sort of creating a mini monoculture when you're trying to grow too many plants all together at once, and that's not healthy for the plants or for the farm ecosystem. So in that instance, we may actually get fewer tomatoes with more plants. Again, extreme example, but you get what I'm driving at. If you need to produce more tomatoes or peppers or cucumbers in your garden, decide if you really need more plants to accomplish that, or if the number of plants you already have just need some additional attention to live their best little plant lives and give you the yield that you need. Now, along those same lines, the next thing to consider would be, do you have the additional time and energy and mental space to expand your garden? How much time are you spending in the garden space already each week, plus the harvesting and cleaning and prepping of the harvest? If your goal is to preserve more of your own food, are you going to have the time needed to both grow and preserve that food? This is important to consider, and it may cause you to scale back your expansion plans by just a bit. Once you realize that doubling your garden space will result in double the work in the garden plus the time needed to preserve it all, you may decide that a slightly smaller expansion the first year is more realistic to start with. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I encourage it. It's very easy to see the success of your garden one year and decide to double that space the next. But it's also very easy to get overwhelmed that next year with so many more tasks that need to be accomplished and the amount of time involved and the mental energy all of that takes. 
I'd hate for your garden to go from something you really enjoy and get a real sense of accomplishment out of to something you dread doing because you went too gung-ho. Be realistic about the time and energy and mental space that you have for your garden. There is nothing wrong with taking baby steps. So once you've thought about your why and figured out your true needs and determined if you've got the time and energy to tackle a bigger garden, it's time to consider space. If you're an in-ground gardener, do you have additional in-ground space or will you need to add raised beds and containers? If you're a container gardener, do you have space and materials for more of those containers? If you're an indoor gardener, do you have more space indoors or will you need to find space outside even if only temporarily during the summer months? There are ways to expand the garden with less space. Just about anything can be grown in containers so long as the soil volume is appropriate to the plant. You can tuck them in just about anywhere, even as hanging baskets. I've grown cherry tomatoes in hanging baskets to save space. But the consideration that comes along with space is sun exposure. Do those spaces that you have available for your garden get the appropriate amount of sun for what you want to grow? Sure, there are herbs and veggies that will grow in part sun, but most garden plants really need a minimum of six hours of daylight and many of them closer to eight hours. Now, it doesn't mean it can't be split up during the day, but it does mean that you'll need to make some observations in your gardening area to be sure you'll get the appropriate amount of light. Now, if you're an indoor gardener, this may just be a matter of adding another grow space and some more lights and you've got your space. But for us outdoor gardeners, we need to take into consideration all of the factors for each part of the season. Just because I have full sun in one area of my backyard in the spring does not mean it will continue to be full sun at the height of the summer when my peppers need it most. I have a heavily treed backyard, and it's easy to be fooled into thinking it gets a lot of light when I'm looking at it in late April and early May. But come June and July, when all of those trees have filled in with leaves, it is mostly shaded. So I can put more raised beds back there, but I need to know that I'll only be planting short season cool weather crops that will be harvested before the yard gets fully shady. It doesn't mean I can't use it, but it does mean my garden plan and my crop rotation have to reflect those conditions. Now the next consideration is water. Is the space that you plan to expand to accessible by your water supply? Now, if your current garden setup has space right in the same area to add additional growing space, then you're obviously going to be able to piggyback off of this without much additional effort. But what if your current space is taking up the only corner in your backyard that gets full sun, and to expand your gardening space, you'll need to use hanging baskets and pots up on your deck? Now, obviously, if you've got a great little system out there with soaker hoses on timers running to those beds, it's not going to work for the pots on your deck. You'll need to devise another system for that growing space or resort to hand watering. And those pots will have very different watering needs than those raised beds in your yard. The smaller the container, the faster it dries out. And you may find that those pots need water twice per day, where your raised beds are only being watered twice per week. Or consider if you do have additional full sun space, but it's on the opposite side of the house from the only water spigot that's outside, <laughs> what then? 
Of course, your growing setup is going to vary from these examples, but that's just what these are, examples. The point is to get you thinking about your current gardening situation and your possible expansion space and figure out what's different about those spaces and how you can be sure that both spaces get the sun, water, and attention that they need. Now let's talk about soil. If the space that you plan to expand to is an in-ground space, what does the soil look like? Has it ever been worked before? Do you plan to till or practice no-dig gardening? And in both cases, how? What does that look like? Have you tested that soil for pH, nutrients, and texture? And how will you amend that space based on those results? Those are all things that you'll need to consider before you even think about what to plant there. And if your expansion space will be raised beds, how will you fill those beds? Do you have the materials at your disposal already, or is it something that you'll need to purchase? And if you're adding more containers, that's the same consideration for those. And what you fill raised beds with should be different than what you fill smaller containers with. Now, if you've kept a garden journal or even just basic notes about your current gardening space, it's likely that a lot of these soil answers are already available to you. If you had great success with the mix that you filled your raised beds with the first time, well, then you know what you need this time around. Conversely to that, if the soil mix that you used didn't work so great for you the first year and you had to make some subsequent improvements, hopefully you made notes about that and about what went wrong and how you fixed it so that you don't experience those growing pains all over again when you expand. Now, some final considerations are things like fencing and tools. If you've got a wildlife problem in your garden and your existing beds are protected with fencing or netting or other measures, how does an expanded space fit into that? And if you've been gardening on your porch and you plan to expand into your yard, have you observed the wildlife? Do you know if you have rabbits that are more likely to dig into the garden space in the yard that maybe aren't willing to come up on your deck and mess with your current space? Or squirrels that want to get into everything. <laughs> Voles or moles or groundhogs or deer. Take some time to do some observation of the other inhabitants of your yard and come up with a plan to deter them before you expand. And I mentioned tools. This can be considered from two different directions. One would be if you're going from, say, small containers on a deck to in-ground beds or raised containers in the yard. Do you have the tools that you need to start and maintain that space? I actually have a client who lives in a townhome, and she had only ever gardened in small pots on her patio. So when she decided to expand into her yard, she asked for my help. In the process of talking over what types of beds she wanted and soil types and all the other things, she got this really funny, faraway look on her face. And when I asked her what she was thinking, she confessed that it just dawned on her that she didn't even own a shovel, much less a garden hoe or a hand cultivator. We laughed about it, but I mean, you don't know what you need until you really start thinking about it. Now, the flip side to this is maybe you have all those basic gardening tools, but expanding your garden is going to mean having to become a bit more efficient at things. This is one lesson I learned early on with the help, well, the forceful help of my husband. When we began to expand that quarter acre garden to start growing for like actual customers, I just kept doing the same thing I'd been doing the previous year, only I was doing more of it and it was taking forever. 
I mean, I was placing seeds in furrows and covering them all by hand, hundreds of them, row after row after row. And because we were on a non-existent budget to start the farm, I wasn't willing to go and spend the 100 plus dollars on an Earthway garden seeder. I just hunkered down and got the job done the way I had been doing it before. My husband finally had enough of watching me do this. He was working full-time off the farm still at this point, so it was mainly me. And he found one of those cedars on sale for like $65 at the end of that first season, and he gifted it to me. Despite me arguing about it not being in the budget, when I used it for the first time the following spring, it was like the heavens had opened up and Mother Nature herself was singing right to me. I mean, holy cow, the difference it made. I still have that same cedar, and we actually had another one donated to us a few years ago. And I have not upgraded to the fancy Jang cedar that costs five times what the Earthway does. But I do acknowledge that some mechanical help makes a huge difference in what you can accomplish and that sometimes it's worth the time savings to find a way to fit it into the budget, not to mention your aching back. Our most recent example of this is the greens harvester that we bought last year, which has been a complete and total back and time saver, and the five-gallon salad spinner that we bought this year. I also invested in an addition to my stand mixer that made canning up my tomato sauce much faster and more efficient. All this to say that you may want to think about different garden tools and kitchen gadgets that might make a larger garden more feasible if time and effort is an issue that might be standing in your way. So, do you still want to expand your garden? <laughs> Don't jump to any decisions just yet, but really take a good look at the why and the how before you move forward. I'm certainly not discouraging you. I just want you to be successful. Now, one person who has experienced this all firsthand is my new friend, Caitlin Dubin, over on the Rural Woman Podcast. If you aren't familiar with Caitlin, she was a city girl who married a farmer and moved to his family farm, and she's had to make some adjustments to live in a rural setting. One thing that she was excited to try was gardening, and after her first attempt, she expanded that garden. It wasn't all rainbows and sunshine, of course, and she and I had a great conversation all about it that I will share with you on a special bonus episode this coming Friday. You do not want to miss it. Thanks for hanging with me today. I hope your gardens are off to a fantastic start, and if you decide to expand this year, tag me in some pictures. I'd love to see it. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden, and we'll talk soon. You just finished another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. For more information about today's topic, head on over to JustGrowSomethingPodcast.com for all the episodes, show notes, blog posts, discount codes, and more. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter while you're there. You can also head to Facebook and join a community of other gardeners asking questions and sharing their experiences in the Just Grow Something Gardening Friends Facebook group. And if you want to support this show even further, head to patreon.com slash justgrowsomething to find out how. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep learning, keep growing, and we'll talk again soon.
heard someone say, a podcast is like a garden. The gardener puts in the effort, but everybody benefits. I think that's pretty accurate. This podcast is a labor of love, and I hope that every one of you is reaping the benefits. If you get lots of great information from this podcast and would like to support it monetarily, you can do that by becoming a patron for as little as $2 a month over on Patreon. I'd like to thank my patrons for supporting this and every episode of the Just Grow Something podcast, and if you'd like to join them, go to patreon.com slash justgrowsomething. The link is in the show notes.